morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beat. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Good morning, Big Mix. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. How's it going? It's going pretty good. All I right. noticed you, uh, you used your uh, correct name again. Yeah. 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 I guess that your whole thing about how you're going to do this every week and how you promise you'll never get tired of it. Remember that? I'm past it. I'm yeah. past it. You know, it's episode 99. It's good. We're good. It's, it's the number of Luff Balloons. It's the name of my favorite agent on Get Smart. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's as optimistic as you should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, life experience has taught me. Yeah, this That's, show uh, has taught you harder. So yeah, yeah. So uh, so uh, yeah. Let's let's get right into it. Who cares? Oh, okay. Is anything going on in the world? Eh, who Absolutely cares? not. I mean, it, ooh, it, it snowed. snowed. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Who no, cares? It's, it snowed yeah. worse elsewhere. It's not a big deal here. Yeah. Oh boy, Boston guys are going to be talking about how tough they are. Oh, we're from Boston. We're tough. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Snow. Eh, yeah. They, they were going to do that anyway. Yeah, they didn't need snow for that. That's what people in Boston do. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah, I guess. I don't well, know. they they say they're tough. I don't know if they're tough. I, they're they're tough enough that I don't want them showing up here. Yeah. 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 So there we go. All right. We're not tough. Let's. So. I, I think this is going to be a cool topic. Let's roll the topic. Um, Fuck it. All right. <laughs> that comes to 22. 22. What is topic number 22? Johnny Good Times. Topic number 22 is underwear-based settlements. <laughs> Submitted by <laughs> Ashley in Pittsburgh. What? Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> Did you put this on the list? <laughs> well, only because it was submitted by Ashley. Well, this was okay. Fine. This was last summer. It was the end of a bizarre uh, uh, Twitter conversation. Okay. Well, you were there for it. Yeah. Well, the point is, she said, "I want underwear-based settlements on the list." It didn't really. There wasn't a lot of backstory. I was. Can you tell me what it means? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't really know what it is. Can you give me the vague outline? Um, Can you define settlement? Sure, there's a couple of terms for. Can settlement. you define it in this context? Uh, not specifically. Well, okay, let's build a house on some underwear. I mean, we don't have to do it. Uh, no, no, we're, no, no. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to do it. Oh, anything. we're going to do it. So we're not going to do it. We're doing it. We're doing it. This is happening. All right. Okay. I'm excited to see where this goes. No, fuck it. We've done 99 episodes, and yeah. what have we learned? Clearly nothing. We are still <laughs> fucking amateurs. We are utterly unprepared for the unexpected. Okay. We, okay. we are not prepared. We are the shittiest Cub Scouts ever, just like I was when I was a Cub Scout. That's not really a metaphor. It's more of a story. Okay. Well, all right. Here's what I do know. Okay. All right. All right. So, so many years ago, friend of the show Ashley and I, and also a friend of the show Greg, yes. used to live in a big house together. Well, that's why they're friends of the show. I mean, <laughs> they're also my actual friends. Yeah. But if you're just listening to the show, I don't automatically assume that you know all of my friends because that would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. So. For the sake of context. And context ahoy, okay. Right. And friend of the show, Greg, used to hang around the house in his boxers all the time. And this was brought up for some reason. And Ashley said something along the lines of, I forgive you because I've seen your boxers. And I said something along the lines of, you know, uh, uh, many disputes were settled with underwear-based settlements. And then she asked that that be a topic. 
and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's still. I don't think it's a thing. I'm mostly excited that Underwear Based Settlements isn't the name of a movie I have to go watch and come back and talk <laughs> about. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I. What the fuck would that movie even? You know what? No, fine. I'm just. Go, go, go. We're going to keep going. We're going to move forward. We're going to find out what this means. We're going to just talk about this somehow. We are consummate professionals. God damn it. I mean, maybe it's like a legal settlement, like a, a class action settlement. That is how I'm hearing it. Okay. Yeah. But, well, that's a good point. What other kinds of settlements are something-based settlements? It never happens. It's not a term. It's not. They don't talk about the basis of settlements that way. They don't because everything's based on well laws, yeah, and statutes and whatnot. Yeah, it's not like oh, this is a, a a money-based settlement as opposed to all those settlements that are based on slap fights. I don't really know how the courts work. <laughs> I mean, let's say for example, it's what's called a toxic tort settlement. Okay. That's, that's a fun name. <laughs> that's an actual thing. I used to work in an office that handled that. That sounds like the worst cake ever. Anyway, puns. <laughs> Toxic tort. That, well, yeah. Uh, puns! Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, that's, that's when, like, say, for example, someone dies from uh, asbestos. Oh! And the company who installed the asbestos is liable, and their next of kin can participate in a class action lawsuit where they sue and get a little bit of money because, you know, Grandpa died. I'm sorry that I compared your dead Grandpa to a cake or something. I don't remember already. Well, <laughs> dead Grandpa cake wouldn't be good either. Well, no, it wouldn't. But maybe it's... your dead Grandpa made really good cake and you just got sad. Oh. Yeah, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a dick move. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how many adult grandchildren of bakers are listening to this, okay? And... <laughs> I can't control for every variable, okay? That's something the internet hasn't learned yet. And <laughs> But I mean, okay, a settlement generally like is Well, I know what a settlement is. <laughs> well well here's the thing. It's usually outside of like an indictment or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's when the that's usually when the trial doesn't get finished. It's yeah. decided out of court. Like uh fucking um when Michael Jackson yeah. settled with all those families who accused him of uh, Being Michael Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Molestation or, and so forth. Hey, like, or to go back to last week's topic. Right. Whenever, you know, the Church of Scientology kidnaps somebody. Right. And then it's about to go to court, and then it's like, oh, oh, hey, we, we gave this person an undisclosed amount of money. Exactly. Yeah. So generally, yeah, I mean, most settlements are cash-based, because that's the primary thing that makes people uh, give up on justice. Well, they were suing <laughs> for money to begin with. Well, yeah, yeah, so it's, you know... It's just kind of gaming the system. It's like, okay, they want $11 jillion. Right. Would they settle for two hundred grand? Yeah. Often they would. That's true. And often it's a question of punishment, right? Okay. If somebody murders somebody, okay, yeah. you want them to either go to jail or maybe get the death penalty, if you're in favor of the death penalty, either way. But, like, the point is a punishment, right? Yes. Because we don't do, like, caning. Or putting someone in stocks. And in. you wouldn't do that for murder anyway. Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, an actual yeah. punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if, if jail is off the table... Okay. You know, so you like, didn't murder anybody. Like, let's say you sue a bank. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, even if the bank has, like, shifty background dealings, most of the time bankers don't go to prison. Mm-hmm. Right? Except for Bernie Madoff, who wasn't a banker, but he was a 
sneaky money guy. <laughs> right? That was what his business card said. Yeah. <laughs> the sneaky money guy. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing it took that long to catch him. <laughs> <laughs> he was sneaky. <laughs> he really was. It was right there on the card. That's why it was so hard to catch him. <laughs> the reason it's on the business card is sometimes you want to hire a guy who's a little sneaky. Yeah, but then like, you don't want to be able to find him later. Yeah. It's like, I want to, I want to hire a man who I don't have to keep track of. <laughs> Like, it depends on what you're hiring the guy for. Like The it, point is, it, we know what a settlement is. Yeah. How do the underwear fit into it? Or how does it fit into them underwear? I'm getting to that. Oh, goody. Most <laughs> non-punishment-based settlements, as we said, are yeah. money. Via money, right? Yeah, they're shut-up money. Yeah, exactly. So they're shut-up money. So maybe instead of money, transitive property, you substitute underwear. <laughs> I don't know if Who that means... Who am I suing? Not even, not even, what would I do with all that underwear? Because obviously I would just wear a new pair every day and never do laundry again, duh. Yeah. You wear them, you throw them the fuck out, whatever. I've got a million pairs of these. I don't care if it's fucking tidy whities It's free. That's not okay? all bad right there. But I it's not even... Save you some time. Yeah, it's not just that, though. Right. It's, who am I suing... Who would choose to settle in that way to begin with? Who says to, who says to themselves, okay, look, dude, I assume that anyone who's going to be giving me underwear has a lawyer who's going to call me dude, okay? <laughs> who's going to say, look, dude, we know what you're asking for, right. but how about we give you, like, 10,000 pairs of underwear and also, this is a situation where that somehow moves you closer to whatever your goal is. Well, logically, that's only beneficial to the accused party if they already happen to have more underwear than money. So off the top of my head, I'm thinking, you know, Victoria's Secret, Fruit of the Loom, Hanes. That's fair. Uh, Fredericks of Hollywood, etc. Like, maybe the fetish shop by West 4th Street Station. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, especially if you go, like, small business style, maybe, like, you're at the... Let's say you're at the fetish shop, right? The one where they have, like, the mannequin dressed in, like, sexy Santa Claus outfit. And I slip on some lube. Exactly. (laughs) You break your leg. And you sue them for, like, ten grand because you broke your leg on the premises and it was their fault. They should keep a lid on the loop. They absolutely should. That is irresponsible. They are at fault. Now, they say, look, fetish shops don't bring in a ton of money. I'm a small business owner. I can barely keep my head above water with the ridiculous overhead it takes to operate in the West Village. Yeah. How about instead we drop the suit so I don't have to pay for a lawyer and you can have all the bondage gear you want? I feel like <laughs> in that situation, <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like obligated uh-huh. to get really into bondage. <laughs> but then it would feel like a chore. <laughs> Yeah. If you're not already into bondage, it's a problem. I mean, I feel like if I'm not, then like, then what? Am I just like, am I going to find another use for it? Am I going to start kidnapping people? I mean, like, <laughs> not like, like, like bad people, you know, right. not like, not like, okay, nice people. I, I, I target bad guys, but I mean, like, yeah, what? Like, okay, well, I got you. You're handcuffed. Uh, I'm a vigilante. Going to call the cops now? I don't know what I would do. I mean, that's a good question. Like, all right, well, let's try to solve this with an analogy, right? I've never seen you. I've never seen you jet ski, right? 
That's correct. You have never expressed any interest in getting on a jet ski and doing jet ski things. Well, they kill manatees. What if that's true? You should, you know, number one, you should never use a jet ski anywhere where there are manatees. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, there aren't manatees in, like, uh, uh, the Hudson River. So, whatever. You probably shouldn't go in there, but okay. Okay, but but for the sake of argument, let's see someone gave you a free jet ski, right? Like, uh, you shoveled their snow, and they were like, have a jet ski. Then, what would you do? Would you try to sell it? Would you feel obligated to learn how to go jet skiing? You see, that's tricky. Yeah. Because, on one hand, a jet ski is sort of the trashiest of all vehicles. All right, that's fair. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, it's what you ride when, like, you know, you like to go mudding, but you want to throw some cash around, too. Right. You want to show off that it's like, I'm, I'm a hillbilly who done made good. Short of actually riding a cow. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, yeah. they, I... You, you shouldn't do that. I mean, it's just not good for the cow. It depends on the cow. Well, I mean, cows are a sturdy beast. Your weight, but, too. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Not about that. But jet, the jet ski. A jet ski is a vehicle for crappy people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. With lots of hairspray and stuff in their mullets. Okay. And, uh... And so the question is, do I want to voluntarily associate myself with the kind of guy who teaches jet skiing? Okay. In order to learn how to use this to sort of make good on it. Mm -hmm. Or do I want to immediately flip that thing? Right. Sell it to, I assume, Kenny Powers. (laughs) Okay, okay. He's probably in the market for a new one. But the point He's is, not real, but you know. But the point is a jet ski have val- has value, even if you're going to sell it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's say, uh, uh, you know, you get a bunch of bondage gear, you keep it in the package, you don't use it, yeah. you can probably sell it on eBay. I feel like the eBay sex toy trade <laughs> is a dark and terrible place. It's only against policy if it's used. You can sell... Do you know that for sure? Is that a thing? Is that a fact that you know? (laughs) There was... Here's the thing, okay? (laughs) eBay has been around long enough that it's seen a lot of developments on the internet. When eBay was new, selling used panties was a thing. They put in... It's specifically in the terms of service. They cracked down, probably because of, like, hygiene... Uh, that yeah. you can't do that. Okay. You can't sell used panties on the on eBay. Okay. So yes, they have a policy. Which you know about. I'm aware of this policy, yes. Okay. I've never tried to personally sell my soiled underwear on eBay if that's what you're hinting at. That's not at all what I'm hinting at. I'm hinting <laughs> that maybe you tried to buy someone's. Um no. Okay, good. But if I wanted to, I could not do so on eBay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's smaller dealers for that I happen to know as well. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go through third party, probably put something else on the bill. Yeah. It's actually not a third party. You just want to go directly and then... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point is that, yeah, I assume that, yeah, selling used leather goods or... Uh, but the I, point I assume is- there's going to be some dildos just thrown into the package just because... You know, if you're getting a big box of crap from a from a sex store, right? They're just gonna throw in some extra dildos. That's just that's just how it works. I mean, the point is, if the guy at the fetish shop is trying to keep your lawyers away, he's not gonna give you crap from the used bin. He's gonna give you fresh bondage gear, a new sex swing still in the package, dildos still on the box. You know, without any batteries or, or anything else, so you can flip that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
So, an under, in, in that instance... I feel like that would be the most defensive eBay post ever. Like, <laughs> it would be a picture of the thing. It would just be a picture of the box, right? And then a whole bunch of captions saying, I've never opened this. I did not ask for this. I didn't want this. Somebody please take it off my hands. Full price. I feel like this is a situation where brevity is your ally. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you... It's... You want to move it on eBay because you really don't have to want to take that shit down to the flea market in person. I kind of do. Okay. Because I I, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I'll meet some really cool people that way. Alright, you might have a point. Like, hey guys, it's just me. It's the guy selling the, the fuck basket. <laughs> that might be an in for making friends. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's like, in hey... a couple it, of different ways. It's not mine, I'm just a dealer. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> That could be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, I mean, you can you can sell things without knowing about how to use them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, the person at the kink shop isn't necessarily into all those kinks. He might just sell the stuff. Yeah, there's no way he's into all of them. I mean... No, no. No. Yeah, that's just too many kinks. Yeah, <laughs> there's just not enough room in a person for all the stuff that he would have to put in there. All right, so that's one possibility of what an underwear-based settlement is. You get underwear. Yeah. Yeah. The other possibility is you get money for something related to underwear. I suppose so. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's yeah. the other answer. Yeah. Well, here's... How about this? How about okay. this? Okay. Maybe, what if it's like a boomtown scenario, right? Like, uh... Oh, 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 we're going back to settlements. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, um... Like, uh, <clears throat> like the gold rush, and they... they exactly, like, Somebody uh, found a fucking gold nugget in the creek, and a town pops up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or, or, or they have those towns, you know, dotted all over the fucking flyover states, right? Where there are, like, towns that are basically built around a single factory. You know, like the, the fucking pencil factory. In the odd life of Timothy Green, which is not everyone listens to the same podcast we do. <laughs> Nobody will get that reference. It's a film that was out nationally. It's not I, a good film, and it I, didn't make any money, and I did not personally enjoy it. I I would I know it was in fact out nationally. <laughs> it's not even that old. It came out last year. I understand it came out or a year, nationwide ago, like a year or two ago. Yeah, I was completely unaware of it. <laughs> Until I heard some people on a podcast trying to make fun of it, but just not being able to. Okay, but it's not about whether or not anyone's heard of that movie. It's not a good movie. Don't look for it. The point is, the town is based around a pencil factory, okay? Okay. Like, and, and the pencil factory is going out of business, and it's a big deal, because pretty much anyone, everyone in that town is going to lose their jobs. So, alright, fine. More realistically, how about a steel mill? I mean, okay, that's, you, that the city happened. of Pittsburgh had its population cut down to like twenty percent of its you know highest population ever, and had decades of financial meltdown when the steel mills closed. Right? Uh, yes. So it, you could you could call it a steel based settlement if like they built the steel mills and then people moved there. Right. Well, yes. Except you know, it's a it's a grand old colonial city. But yes, yes, yes. Okay. Right. Right. Not counting that. Yeah. But H- had it been, oh, let's build a steel mill and then they will come, or or something that's more geographically based. Um, all those old like uh, coal mines in like West Virginia, Indiana, that kind of thing. Town pops up around the mine. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So it's like that, but it's an underwear factory. 
I assume such places must exist. Fruit of the loom, right? They didn't always have their factories in, like, Singapore or whatever. Yeah. They, the first factory, when they started out, was probably somewhere in the middle of the United States. Probably. So... And no doubt, up, upon the building of that factory... Yeah. People flock to it. Gotta get the good underwear jobs. Underwear-based settlement. Yep. And then the factory closed down, and all their kids work either at Walmart or the Indian Casino. Yeah. 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 It's like that plant where they make, like, the Magic Mormon underwear, right? I'm not sure that is right. What What do you mean, that plant? Do you know where this plant is? Is this a real factory? Did you see something on TV about this? Is this a- well, okay, I haven't seen anything specifically about it, but I know where it is. It's in Utah. Probably. Because... Okay? The, the the Mormons wear magic underwear, right? Or well, underwear that they say is magic. Temple garments, but yeah, it's underwear. Yeah. Do you think they make that shit in China or India? You think the Mormons trust non-Mormon outsiders in another country to make their magic underwear? I really... Now that we say it, now yeah. that we say this, yeah. I have no idea how that stuff gets produced. And you've seen photos of that shit, right? It doesn't look like any other underwear you buy. It doesn't, and it also, it, it, it looks the same. It always looks the same. Yeah. You know, so it's not like everybody makes their own or your mom sews it or something, and your mom can't sew, so you just have a fucking t-shirt that they write temple garment on or something, you know? Exactly. It's not like that. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't look like any other kind of underwear. But it also, exactly, doesn't look like anything except itself. There's no way that that shit gets made in a third world sweatshop. No, it, it has to be made like a boutique industry in a factory in yeah. Utah. It, it must. I yeah. Mean, because, yeah, there must be some factory where they're contracting that or mm-hmm. something. I mean, the only the only comparison I can think of <laughs> yeah. is too horrible for words. Okay. Here's some words. Uh-huh. Those clan robes are very professional. Yeah, that's a good point. Where does the clan get its clan robes? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, we do not endorse them. They are horrible bastards. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. But where are they getting the robes? Well, yeah. I mean, again, I, I doubt, based on their, you know, racist and nationalist policies, they're also probably not giving a lot of business to overseas companies. Almost certainly not. Right. So there is probably a small factory in, I want to say, Georgia? I don't know if they have any, like, full-time paid employees. I don't think that there's, like... I don't think anyone draws a salary from their participation in the clan. I assume you have to buy your own. That's, like, part of admission. Well, what I'm I mean, saying is, if, if, if nobody's drawing a salary, if the, 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 the Grand Wizard or whatever isn't getting a paycheck that says Grand Wizard on it, if he's got a day job, you know... Yeah. Where the, where is the... Who are they employing in a factory? Um, well, okay. There's, there's probably a... It's not so much employing. It's, it's, it's like a small business where they would make it, and then you buy it, and it's like any other small thing, a small like hobby, right? Like, uh, I, I mean, I assume the internet must have just really turned things around. You can just order them now. You know, you go on to. There's going to be a limited number of places that make them, though. Well, that's why they have a website. Because if, like, if you're in a different state than the state where they make it, you don't want to have to drive across five states just to go to the store where they sell them out of the back or whatever. I mean, I don't, don't... You don't just go into a store and they have racks of that shit, you know? Right. But I don't think... I think I, I think we can apply regular rules of, of small business commerce to this, okay? Like, uh, let's say you have a more reasonable hobby. Like, um... What's a hobby you have where you buy things? Let's say D&D, right? I was going to say Pokemon because it's sadder, but yes. Okay, like let's say you like to play Pokemon, right? Okay. Okay. 
a, a business makes those cards, and then you go buy them. I mean, depending on how into it you want to get, maybe you're spending a lot of money on those cards. Okay. There's just somebody who owns a business where they make Pokemon cards. Yeah. By the same token, there's somebody who owns a business who makes clan ropes. Well, yeah, but that's more, I think, akin to the business where they make counterfeit Pokemon cards. (laughs) Well, maybe, but it doesn't have to be a big factory where there's, you know, huge salaries and stuff. It could be operating on a shoestring, just like a small business fetish store, just like a a uh, third-party, you know, tobacco shop, or just like the place where they make the magic Mormon underwear. Way to humanize a monster, man. Good job. I'm not humanizing them. No, no, you're supposed to humanize them. It's it's complex. Well, they're humans. They're humans doing terrible things. Yeah, exactly. But there's some old lady, okay, hunched over a sewing machine with just bolts and bolts of white fabric. Sure. Sewing the perfect little points into every one of those hoods, okay? (laughs) And she puts her life into that, okay? (laughs) Or she at least puts, you know, eight hours a day into that. Yeah. Yeah. It may not be her passion. It may not be her passion, but I'll tell you what, it helps her stretch that social security check. It totally does. You know? Yeah. So... See, now that, all you really need is a seamstress. The problem with the magic Mormon underwear is at some point someone needs to do whatever it is that makes it magic, right? So you need whatever it is they have in the Latter-day Saints, right? The, the you know, the shaman or the enchanter or the priest or the wizard or whatever that like because that's got to be internal right so it's a you know not touched by untouchables (laughs) and b it's got to be like they have to cast the spell to make it magic in that case i think for the metaphor we're going to have to run as far in the opposite direction from the clan as possible okay and get into uh kosher meat Kosher meat. Okay, yeah. There's totally a thing that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are slaughterhouses that straight up keep a rabbi on staff. Absolutely. To make sure that that no trafe gets through. Uh, yes, a rabbi that knows all the thousands of laws that have been passed down over the last 6,000 years. Yeah. That can make sure things are legitimately kosher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and it's not just a matter of no pork. It's you have to... There's something that you do with salt, and, like, it has to be, like, one quick, you know, chop to the neck to kill it. You can't, like, kill something that's injured or whatever, you know? Sure. So there's a whole set of rules of how it's done. And, yeah, there are, there are indeed rabbis who just, you know, are in slaughterhouses making sure they follow the rules. Absolutely. But it's not like, a, a you know, a, an Indian underwear factory, like a Hanes factory, yeah. has, you know, a couple of Mormon elders just hanging out at the plant all day. Probably not. Yeah. It's got to be a smaller operation. That must be the worst mission assignment, if it is, you know. It's like, oh, you're going to, to Mumbai. Oh, are we going to be, uh, you know, evangelizing the, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Nope. You're going to be monitoring the, the underwear factory. You can talk to the workers if you want. They have not been receptive. <laughs> They're mostly just making underwear. They do consider you management. So. Yeah, that's right. yeah, pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I assume that, yeah, something is done to it to make it magic. I don't really know how many pairs of super underwear the Mormons own, each Mormon, you know? Like, uh, I don't know what the demand is. All right, that makes sense. Because every Mormon must own at least two pairs. Right. How often do you do you change them as often as normal people change their underwear? I think you wear it over your underwear but under your clothes. Oh, so, uh, so it's sort of a, hmm. 
Yeah, so like it's a little protected from the absolute worst of what your body has to offer. Right, but, but it's not like a sweater where you can kind of hang that up and wear it over and over again before yeah. it needs to be laundered. Yeah. Okay, that's tricky. Because like I own, you know, a few weeks worth of underwear because I change it every day and I want an extra week or two on hand if I don't do laundry. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. you don't feel like going to the laundromat. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to these questions. Yeah, like, I mean, how many pairs of this does your average Mormon own? Because every Mormon has them. Right. Or at least I think it's every Mormon of a certain age or something has them. I think they're supposed to. Yeah. At any rate. Oh, yeah, no, there are certainly people who, you know, they kind of slack on wearing them. Yeah. The point is, the real point is, right. wherever this factory is... It's an underwear-based settlement. I hope there's just a, <laughs> a charming little town around it uh-huh. full of quirky people yeah. who have wacky adventures, okay? <laughs> and they can make a movie about how they have to save the town from an evil developer who wants to build a ski lodge or start a film festival or something. Yeah. And the, yeah, maybe they even have like one of those quaint little village signs where it's like, Welcome to to Boomerton, the home of the magic underpants. <laughs> like, you know, population 1,602. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then Robert Redford shows up, and he's like, I don't like Park City anymore. I want to move my film festival here, where Paris Hilton can't find it. And <laughs> And the people are like, we have to save the town. And then, like, they fight off Hollywood using, like, slingshots made of underwear. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't care about any other part of this topic anymore. Everything we've said up until now is bullshit. I Uh want to see that movie. Okay. You know, you know how you were talking about the movie with the pencil factory that nobody's going to know what it is? Right. Yeah. No. Should have been the Magic Underwear Factory. That whole movie should have taken place in Magic (laughs) Underwear Town, okay? And like, and like the people who work there, they're not even Mormons. They are straight up underwear factory lifers, okay? They're just people, it's just a job, but by God, they do it better than anybody, okay? And then a little boy comes out of the ground or something. I don't know, it's a stupid movie. It is. It is and a then movie. he disappears and goes and ruins some other couple's garden. I don't know, I didn't follow him at all. But, uh, <laughs> So I, I I think the conclusion we can come to here is we have put forth two reasonable theories about what an underwear-based settlement might be, and the third and last option is that there is no such thing as an underwear-based settlement. That's not so much an option as it is the overriding theme of this entire episode. <laughs> The episode in which we were so desperate and flailing to find out what this could possibly mean that we have humanized some of the greatest villains in American history, we have rewritten a movie about a stupid tree boy, okay? We have done so many unforgivable things. We have been bequeathed a pile of of leather pantaloons for slipping on lube. <laughs> all 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 plausible scenarios within the context. Technically, yes. Right. So this has been a complete disaster. The thing is, okay, like obviously we're at the point where we're now discussing topics that aren't even things. Right? 
Yeah. Okay. I would. I would. Now I'm tempted uh-huh. to say, "Hey, Beak Nation," which is what I call you guys now. Sure. Because that makes it sound like there's more than twenty of you. <laughs> Makes it sound like maybe there can be some word of mouth because our fans' only friends aren't our other fans. <laughs> it's a community. But well, the point is, Beak Nation, I am tempted, sorely tempted, to say from now on all topics have to be actual things. <laughs> but! <laughs> that I'm limits not, us. I'm not going to say that. Yes. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to tempt fate by... Not saying that, but also by pointing out that I'm not saying that. Yeah. So, yeah, next week, we're just going to get a big list of topics of things that aren't things. Yeah, I mean, I can think of things that aren't things all day. Water cowboys. Yeah, That's man. not a thing. Yeah, man, the What's Patagonian that? snort hog. Sure. What is it? Some kind of animal, I assume. <laughs> Point is, look, Beakniks, if you don't like the topics we do... You technically can send us topics. That's kind of the thing that happens on the show. So, do or don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'll talk about whatever, even if it's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, if if we don't like it, we'll just do another puppet episode. Because you love those so much. You love that sock, don't you? This has me really, really excited about what topic we're going to discuss in episode 100, which is next week. I understand that it's next week, which is perfect timing for the entire edifice to just collapse in front of us like it's doing right now, okay? Uh, yeah. the, whole, the whole empire of shit is coming down. It's exciting. I like it. Until next week. This uh, has been a clusterfuck. It's like the riding the missile and then waving your cowboy hat around kind of deal. Dr. Strangelove? Yeah. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah, you can say the name of the movie. People know what it Dr. is. Dr. Strangelove. Oh, now I can say the name of the movie. But it's a movie people like. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a reference they'll understand. <laughs> Nobody knows what Timothy Green is. <laughs> One person saw that movie, and he's crying on YouTube forever now, okay? Have a good breakfast, everybody. Have a good breakfast, everybody. (laughs) This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.